This is my story. 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 This is our story. Welcome to the Miami Valley City Saints podcast. I am your host, Hunter Wilshire, coming at you every week with message breakdowns and guest interviews. This is your resource for deep dives and seeing God's work in the Miami Valley. May this podcast inform and inspire you that you may go out and love this valley. Day, good evening, and good night, friends, family, and city saints. Welcome to another great episode of the podcast. Uh, today, we've got a guy that you may have heard of, illustrious leaders, uh, <laughs> one of our close friends, one of the guys that takes care of our body of believers, the amazing, great, and wonderful wow. Jed Woldridge. Jed, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I should have just written down an introduction for you, uh, just Jeez. so that I, it could have been more poetic. I, I heard together, amazing but... and great. Wow. <laughs> I figured I'd, I'd, before we went into the deep stuff and everything, I'd pat you on the shoulder a couple of times and everything. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into kind of the content of the message today, I think, uh, as I try to do every week and most of the time succeed, uh, go about uh, telling how we're praising God today. So mm. I'll leave it up to you, Pastor. Yeah. Praising God today um, for just who he is. Um, I think creator, um, just the way that he creates, the way that he um, looking at the sunrise this morning with my girls and just looking at the beauty that he puts in front of us each and every day. Um, and this morning, especially it's a beautiful sunrise. Um, and just how wonderful and in all of him I am. Okay. For me, it's counselor. Uh, just, uh, especially over the last couple of days, I've just been consumed in this idea of God and his unrelenting desire to mm. see people know him yeah. and his unrelenting desire to use us, his children, uh, to do so. And how he just speaks to us, how he guides us. The fact that he brought his word so clearly and so amazingly and so perfectly before yeah. us to use uh, for our better and ultimately to see people come to know him and to be in right. relationship with him. Uh, so that's really what I've been praising God for uh, the last few days. Uh, so just to kind of get into the podcast a little bit, uh, just as preview for you listeners, uh, I'm going to be trying to go into a pastor series uh, where we kind of just kind of break down the story, the evolution, and the conviction of our pastors. Uh, and uh, thankfully, Pastor Jed is going to be the one that's going to be starting that series. Wow, kicking it off. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, I promise. <laughs> uh, Might be the last one you guys listen to. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, so leading to this, uh, we're going to try and do it into a two-part series per pastor. So ultimately six teachings and six city saints that are going to be uh, presented. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it pretty much over the next six weeks pending, uh, I don't know, the important thing of my child coming into the world. We'll see how that works <laughs> out. But uh, Slightly big deal, right? Oh yeah, just a little bit. Not, not worried or frustrated or stressed out about it whatsoever, I promise. Um, so... Uh, Talking into that, I think we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. Um, 
and before we kind of get into some of the questions I have for you today, I think it would be good for us to just try to do a quick rundown of your history sure. uh, as you were originally part of this congregation and now you're leading it, which I think is going to be the bulk of kind of our beginning conversation. But before we get into that, I'll let you just kind of break down how you originally got to be a part of Miami Valley Church and how it just kind of grew from there. Yes, yeah, so my wife Bailey and I um, got married in 2012 and... Um, she grew up actually in Miami Valley Church, and um, that was one of the things we started talking about was um, she really wanted Pastor Tim to be the one to marry us. And so mm. uh, before we before we got married, we, we just went on a Sunday, and uh, as soon as we walked in, just knew that that's where God was going to have us. That mm. was going to be our home. I feel like you guys started the trend of, of people doing uh, <laughs> weddings through the church. Yeah. I remember seeing your guys' as We were actually, here is, a, here is a little fun fact for you. We were actually the first marriage in that building. Oh, wow. Have, so I was right. No, I didn't no, no, even know no, that. To have air conditioning. <laughs> oh, okay. I think everyone in the greater Miami Valley has gotten married in that building. Um, <laughs> but um, no, we were actually the first ones to have air conditioning. So Okay. Uh, God's favor was already on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just remember when I first started coming to the church and stuff, seeing the the wedding photos that Bailey would post and stuff, like the black and white and yeah. everything like that. And yeah. It was just like ever since then. I mean, unfortunately, I I went on to that trend as well. That's so. right. You followed. <laughs> we followed, man. Yep. Um, but it's just like over and over, you kind of see like the same thing jumping around and stuff. But yep. I'll let you continue. But no, so we went there the first week. Um, just like I said, just felt like that's exactly where God was going to have us. Um, it was actually funny. The The very first week we went, um, I was asked to serve. <laughs> like, oh. I don't even know these people. <laughs> um, you know, I'd never met these people before. And they're like, hey, do you want to uh, do you want to run the, the soundboard of the lights? I think it was. And my wife, Bailey, was like, actually, he's a drummer. Oh, um, okay. At this, at this point, I have not drummed. I hadn't drummed in like, 10 plus years and i'm pretty sure like within two weeks i'm um up on the stage drumming uh, as part of the worship band but yeah it was like just a very quick on-ramp like here we are we're we're in all right that's cool so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never drummed before um i feel like it would be like a really cool thing as a teenager to vent all your frustrations for the world um it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> So going into the church and everything, um, so your first couple of weeks, you start getting into the worship band and everything yep. like that. Uh, I, when I actually first started coming to the church, you were involved in the youth ministry. Yep. Uh, and so how did that kind of branch from starting with the with the uh, worship ministry and then going into the youth ministry? Yeah, so Pastor Tim and his wife, Autumn, um, really um, just started pouring into us and actually took us and uh, another young couple, uh, I can say young, I was young at the time, and uh, just took us into their home, and they started doing, um, we would just have time together at their home. We would eat together. We would uh, go through the Word together, and so it was basically a little house church that yeah. uh, would meet just once a week and just kept pouring into us, and I remember it grew, I think we were up to three or four couples, uh, and it was funny because we would pray. Uh, so, you know, it started out with us and another couple, and we would pray for uh, another couple, and God would show them to us, and we'd invite them in, and there they would be, and we would all be doing it together. Mm. Um, 
and so we learned a lot during that time and some of the things that we're you know even doing now in our home uh, was birthed out of that just intentional time that a pastor and his wife poured into us mm-hmm. um, but we um, yeah we would eat together we would go through the word together and uh, it was just incredible uh, that that precious time together in that home gotcha. but he would um, he would it's it seemed like he would always uh, challenge me <laughs> and uh, ways that you know I, I felt like I wasn't good enough or you know I, I could never do that I remember he was they were going out of town uh, one weekend and um, they're going back to Missouri and he said hey I need I think it was a, a picnic we were doing at the time and he said hey um, there's not going to be you know like a formal teaching but I want you to present the gospel and I'm like what <laughs> like me uh how you know there's got to be someone else you know there's got to be you know i think there were at least two other pastors yeah. on, on staff is this, like is this the first time you'd ever spoken first time ever yeah oh, first wonderful. time ever i'm like what are you talking yeah, I about i won't be in town this week yeah yeah and so i i seriously i tried every you know excuse there was like oh man i'm not feeling good or you know <laughs> got something else going on but uh i just there was this conviction showing up at the the emergency clinic right. at 12 o'clock yeah before, just give me something yeah. doctor just give me please <laughs> but uh he's like no you know god's put you on my heart and uh, believe that you know this is uh so you know just challenged me and wrestled with it like i do everything just mm-hmm. wrestled with it and uh just felt you know the holy spirit just convicting me and uh mm. did it and man it was just like whoa yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know like that's kind of funny because that was the first time i ever had a uh like a invitation from pastor tim to speak it was a week he wasn't present either yeah <laughs> so it's very interesting uh i don't know if he does that on purpose or anything so. I, I think absolutely i mean yeah. he that He's so intentional about... He needs you to feel like you're out on a plank a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, I mean, he's so intentional about pouring into oh, yeah. uh, those who, you know, he's been praying over and, and God shows him. And, you know, just to even give that opportunity is, especially to a person, um, you know, I've never did, never done anything like that before. And mm-hmm. the trust that he had in me to do that and to present the gospel is just incredible. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, I'm a I'm a uh, overthinker. I guess <laughs> every time I've I've ever been given the opportunity, and like you said, the confidence Pastor Tim had had in me to be able to come forward and stuff, and be able to leave, uh, and still feel like I'd have it under control and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's very honoring. It uh, is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can't help but acknowledge this because this is the thing that I think of the most whenever I think about. You guys being in youth ministry is yeah. that uh, that music video? Yeah, it was like Ice Ice Baby. I actually I just watched it the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 have... I thought you were going to react quite differently when <laughs> no, I brought that up. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I found it actually on an old uh, thumb drive. That yeah. I just even on. saying that I could just see Dave Noah right now with blue <laughs> yes. boxer sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Super grungy. A lot of emotion. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of the line that he says. Uh, Yo, MVC, let's oh. kick it. Yeah. <laughs> That might have to make its way out on uh, social media at some point. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. Morph. The days yeah. of morph. Oh, morph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, you know, along with um, presenting the gospel at the, the picnic, um, pastor just kept challenging us. And uh, that was one of the things that him and uh, his wife Autumn challenged us with was, hey, 
um, you know, we see, you know, this in you, um, you know, here's an opportunity to lead the youth. And so my wife, mm-hmm. Bailey, and I, uh, along with some others, led that, mm-hmm. led the youth for a while mm-hmm. and uh, just really enjoyed pouring into, into those kids and just learning as we, as we went into to ministry, just what, what all goes into it and all the behind the scenes yeah. uh, stuff. And it was just, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. What was, uh, what was God saying to you at that time, I guess? Cause from, from an outsider looking in, it seemed like uh, really after, cause at that point it was then uh, me and the group that I was involved in that kind of yeah. started doing stuff with the youth and you kind of moved on to any things and it re- other things and it kind of seemed like from that point there was kind of like a uh, momentum like started increasing for you you were becoming more and more involved with other kind of fringe elements of the church and stuff seemed like you were being given more responsibility so kind of what was like moving into youth ministry moving out of youth ministry and into kind of more of the formal ministry setting how is that kind of going on for you I think that's the the thing that kind of just uh, goes all throughout my life um, is just like I never sought out to be a youth you know leader or mm-hmm. even to be in a worship band or um, to you know be able to lead people uh, as a community of faith like I never I never just sat down and said this is what I'm gonna do <laughs> with my life um, but just when God gives you opportunities like that and says, trust me, um, you know, it's just the faithful with little and um, just how he can use that uh, beyond our comprehension of, you know, what we think we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, he just continues to open up doors and opportunities. And uh, for me, it's just, you know, it, it looks crazy. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't prepared to lead uh, a group of, you know, teenagers or, you know, <laughs> middle school uh, kids. I, I had no credentials or, you mm-hmm. know, anything, any formal training. Uh, but it was just like, okay, God, mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do the best of my ability to, to lead them to you and uh, just share truth with them. And uh, let's see what you can do. Because obviously I, I, I don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was just opportunity after opportunity uh, God put before us. So, mm-hmm. um, now it kind of seems like just looking, also looking at uh, your marriage and everything, that Bailey almost always seems to have kind of an idea of where God's directing you before you do. Is <laughs> kind of how that, yes. that seems. So, how did that? Yes. How did that kind of play out uh, in your marriage and everything? It it still plays out. That's yeah. just the way that God <laughs> has has kind of made us um, and and fit us together. Um, we, it's funny, like we both will pray about something and we'll both hear the same thing, but my wife is the one, like the driver, like, okay, we're doing it. Like, so with fostering, um, we both heard clearly, like, this is what God wants of us. This is what, you know, we are to do in, in our family. Um, and for her, it, it was already like within, you know, minutes of, of hearing that, she was already signing up for classes and, you know, how to get licensed and already figuring out everything with our home where me, like I have to like break it down. I wrestle with it. Uh, I figure out, okay, how we're going to do this. Um, you know, just, I'm very, I'm a, I guess I'm a foot dragger and mm-hmm. where Bailey's more of like the, 
you're, we're going for it. And like, yeah. I would say, you know, both of us, uh, we are definitely going for it. But for me, it's like, okay, logistically, like, how am I going to, mm-hmm. you know, do the, how are we going to do this? And so. Yeah. It's yep. interesting how kind of God brings about those, those different <laughs> uh, roles, I guess, in marriage and everything. Yes. It's actually quite the opposite between me and Alyssa. Alyssa's yeah. kind of the, like, she needs to sit back, evaluate, get a better idea, scope, ask all the difficult questions in order yep. for her to kind of take the step forward. And for me, I'm more the, like, I feel God move, and, like, I don't want to be a found lacking. That's, like, kind of the thing that I think of Daniel and everything, uh, being found wanting and everything. And it's just, yep. like, uh, I don't want to be found sitting when I should be moving kind of thing. So I almost always try to jump the gun once I start to feel uh, a movement in ministry yeah. and stuff. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so also, uh, going forward with that, once you started uh, going into youth ministry and stuff, uh, one thing that it was just kind of funny, I kept running into you at that point, but yeah. like outside of church, because um, mm-hmm. I, really, uh, I wouldn't really see you uh, otherwise, because like you were saying, you were busy. You were either like worship uh, you were part of the worship team one Sunday or you were downstairs or you were both or whatever. So we really never got uh, that much opportunity to talk or anything. Yeah. But then I'd run into you at like Home Depot. And yep. then like it seemed like a month later you were working at a bank. Yep. And then it seemed like a month after that you were working at the church. So, <laughs> <laughs> so jumping around careers and everything, yep. um, it, it, I feel like it would go in suit that it like with Bailey kind of knowing that you would be a part of stuff before you kind of knew that God yeah. was kind of moving you in that direction. Yeah. That uh, it makes sense that career moves kind of started shifting that way. But what was that like transitioning from going from, uh, I don't even know what you did before Home Depot or really what jobs looked like for you. So maybe yeah. go into that a little bit. Yeah. So I graduated uh, from Bowling Green State University 2009. Um, so right after the financial crash, a terrible time to go into anything finance. No one trusts anyone in finance, uh, especially a young kid straight out of college. Mm. And so I literally could not get a job anywhere. Um, And I had opportunities. Um, So for Bailey and I, we both, you know, born and raised here in Miamisburg, and we tried our hardest to get away uh, just because we felt like there's so much, you know, out there and, you know, we wanted to see it and we didn't want to just get stuck here in Miamisburg. But, um, I had opportunities, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and it's just whatever reason, um, you know, only by God, he would, he would have us right here in, in Miamisburg. And so um, I ended up taking a job at Home Depot, and uh, it was a, like a traveling job. So I went to six different locations, and I was there for like four years hmm. and like literally kept wondering every day, like, what am I doing? Why do you have me here? You know, I graduated with a degree in finance. I'm doing nothing with that, uh, and I'm working at uh, a job that didn't require that. Not that there was anything you know wrong with that, uh, but just didn't make sense for for what I had just gone through, um, and just kept wondering like, what am I here for? And I wasn't wasn't asking God because at that point I I didn't realize the whole relational piece with Him, um, and it took. Uh, some people that I worked with there, some guys that I became really close with, uh, who asked me one day, like, "Hey, are you are you a Christian? Are you a Christ follower?" And I wrestled with that, and I'm like, my immediate answer was yes, because you know I gave my life to Christ when I was six years old. Um, but you know, wrestled with why did they ask me that? Why did 
am I, you know, obviously uh, I'm not portraying that I'm a Christ follower if they had to literally ask me that. And mm-hmm. so I wrestled with it and uh, ended up uh, talking to one of the guys, basically just asking him, like, why did you, why did you ask me that? And he told me, you know, it's because uh, the, the way you're living, the, he called me out. I mean, like straight up called me out. And so I, I see that God had me there to get my attention uh, to to show me that you know he loves me that he has been pursuing me uh, and that it is truly about a relationship it's not about just checking off a box and saying that you're a Christ follower uh, but it's about a relationship and and that was the piece that I had been missing for 25 years of my life mm-hmm. was it's all about a relationship with him and so I can't say that Amen. it was the next day but it was very shortly after that I I you know began uh, just talking to him and I asked the Lord I said you know God, where do you, where do you want me? And at that point, you know, I was applying for other jobs and uh, places uh, all over. And uh, sure enough, it was a bank, literally downtown Miamisburg, who called me and said we would love to uh, hire you. And so here I was, right, right back in Miamisburg. And uh, I was can't at, escape it. Can't escape it. I was, I was there. Uh, loved my job there. I was there for almost ten years, and uh, uh, just very comfortable in my job you know every job has has problems uh, you know there's always stuff that you you don't want to do or or there you know there's a bad side to it but I absolutely love my job there it's you know what I went to school for it was a career path it was everything that I had worked for but I just kept hearing God especially toward you know the last two years say I have something else for you and mm-hmm. it's like that was that was really hard for me like seriously like uh this is this is perfect god like this is everything i've worked towards you know everything i've done like this is this is it i'm here and i just kept hearing no 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 and so uh once again just wrestled through that like what does that what does that mean what do you what do you want and it was it was asking that question god what do you want and Mm -hmm. uh he showed me uh through miami valley church that uh he had something different for me yeah uh, so coming kind of towards more of the more recent uh, developments and things, uh, how did that kind of start out? I mean, I know like you started taking responsibility to youth and then you kind of moved away from that, saw you up on the stage a lot. I assume behind the scenes you were starting to do more and Tim was trusting you with more and uh, giving you more responsibility and everything. Uh, but it didn't seem like you were saying like, you know, ne- you never really like went about going after a specific goal mm-hmm. in mind. So how did that start to actually like take form into you really understanding? Like, was it a conversation you had with Tim? Was it a movement that maybe someone from the congregation had brought up after a Sunday you'd preached or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm convinced there's these kind of like crossroad moments that kind of shift your perspective. Yeah. Uh, especially for someone uh, like how you were describing that kind of, tiptoes around, not really sure, kind of just asking God what you need me to do and yep. stuff like that. I, I feel like there's moments of clarity that kind of God brings up. So what did that look like for you? For me, it was years of our pastor pouring into me okay, um, and just acknowledging God's call on my life and him encouraging me. And um, I guess the best thing would, or best way to describe it would just be allowing me to see it um, Mm. something I never saw something I uh, didn't think I was uh, equipped you know I didn't have the the uh, education or formal education or uh, even the ability to to do some of the things and he saw it early on um, and for him to just 
Like he had to be intentional to pursue that relationship because he saw it and for him to just constantly just pour, 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 pour into that and give me opportunities. Um, yeah, it's, that's, that's what it, it, mm. it kind of um, came out of. Yeah. Uh, it was just his constant pouring into me. Hmm. So did that, um, did that, did that constant pouring in ever come to a point where you just like openly acknowledged like, yes, I am called to pastoral ministry. Like how did that kind of take, take form and root in your life? Well, it was, it was a constant pouring and then the confirmation from pretty much everyone else <laughs> around <laughs> me, uh, that said, you know, I, I, I see God's call on your life mm-hmm. and, uh. And when I would when I would hear that, I'd be like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> but after the after the fourth and fifth and sixth person, you're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, what does everyone else know that I don't know? Yeah. Uh, and so, it was it was kind of a, a a coming to like, okay, God, you're you're sovereign. You know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. and I I don't see it all. But uh, once again, I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a moment, actually, I remember very vividly where um, I, I, I knew that it was coming. I knew that the, the time was coming, but it was always like out in the distant, distance where it was like, okay, I'll, I'm going to surrender at some point, but, I, you know, it'll be then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember wrestling with that, when is the then? And I remember going into work one morning at the bank and I was, I was praying before work and uh, just felt this really strong like pull. And I just remember um, like that day I was just so on the fence of like, is this truly where I'm supposed to be or is God, like is, is he right and mm-hmm. <laughs> what he's been showing me? And so I was just so on the fence, like what do I do? And I remember praying that morning and just, you know, being real with God and just asking him, like, uh, you know, not necessarily, like, show me a sign, but, like, God just, um, like, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, if this if this is, if, if I'm hearing correctly. And I remember uh, it was just me that morning upstairs. Uh, I worked with, like, five other people, and uh, there was a girl who came in, and she flat out just asked me, like, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to be here the next 30 years, or are you going to uh, – basically do what God has been showing you. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, I didn't tell her anything about that. And it was yeah. just like, I mean, I think it was one of those moments where like, she didn't even know what she was saying. Mm-hmm. God just used her and, uh, used, uh, her speech. And I'm pretty sure she wouldn't even remember it. Uh, if, if I told her that, but I mean, it spoke directly to the prayer that I prayed mm-hmm. that morning. And it was like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he's, He's good, man. Yeah, no. Amen, always. Uh, I love that approach because uh, one of my favorite parables that Jesus talks about, and I wish I knew the the chapter, verse, and book and everything, but uh, he talks about there being a feast and how you don't take the place of honor without being appointed to it Yes. Uh, kind of thing. Um, and that's like something I struggle with a lot, with just being able to like, there's so many people in my life, uh, particularly family members and stuff, because there's this tendency to take leaps and bounds uh, yeah. whenever you think about ministry and stuff. At least 
uh, I found I don't, that doesn't actually happen as frequently in leadership as mm-hmm. there's this stereotype in Christianity uh, that's like you're called to pastoral ministry, you go to Bible college, and then you find a church. Like yeah. That's kind of like this structure that the outside believes yeah. is like what happens. Yes. But what I, and I love this conversation because it is very reminiscent to how me and Ryan uh, have talked and stuff uh, the last time we had done a podcast yeah. is he, he comes at it from a different perspective as well. It wasn't like this, this come to Jesus Damascus road <laughs> crossroad moment yeah. in his life that defined the trajectory that he's choosing. Yep. Uh, and that's not to say something like that isn't going to happen in Ryan's life or whatever, but yeah. it's just like uh, this, me- uh, this uh, strategy of trusting God, going out, asking the deep questions and just being aware and open enough to listen when God's trying to speak through people. Yep. Uh, that's something that I've just really noticed within the minds of anybody that's called to ministry right now. Uh, it's kind of unique. Uh, I don't know if it's like such a time as this kind of situation or if it has just been like that. It's just we have this perspective of the industry of the church and how it's supposed to look and how it's supposed to be. And so uh, it's just it's great to hear. Uh, it's very encouraging uh, coming from a, a perspective as mine, which is like I felt pushed immediately from from my like uh, Damascus Road crossroad moment. I felt pushed by uh, people in the church that I was in at the time, people in my life to like define what it was mm. like right away. It, yeah. it, I, I felt very much so like I had to decide. So like literally like within a week or two after my calling, I was like, I'm going to be a pastor of a church. <laughs> I need to start signing up for Bible college. Yeah. I need to do this check my boxes, uh, get a white picket fence, a dog, two kids, a cat, maybe (laughs) I don't like cats. Um, so yeah, but it never (coughs) has worked out that way for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything I thought I was supposed to be good at, I'm not good at (laughs) everything that I thought I was supposed to have in order to be an effective church leader, Mm -hmm. uh, has just been a struggle fest for me from the very beginning. I talked about this with Ryan and it's just like around me in public speaking. I don't, it, it's just, it just seems like when it comes to preaching and stuff, there's just some kind of divide yeah. in me. And I, it, it's, it's hard for me to even talk about because it's, it's something that I want so desperately. Mm. Like it's something that I, I wish with like, if I, there was a genie in a bottle, that would be one of my three wishes is yeah. like, make me an effective that's, public speaker. That's one of the three wishes. You <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. A public speaker. Second one would be the abilities of Spider Man. All right. But maybe yeah, that'll be our mystery a, question this week. Three, got, three wishes from a genie. Got, what would you choose? You gotta Jeff? be a good. Thanks public for deciding speaker. that one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just for me. Every time I've spoken, uh, and this is just me being hundred percent real, I just felt like too much of me was revealed, and too little of God, hmm. and I just got in so much way. And I hold so much reverence of over the pulpit mm. because I just know that God has created his people yeah. and has appointed men to, to shepherd his people and that he hold those, holds those men accountable. Yeah. And uh, it's not that I felt that I did too little effort. It's that I felt I did too much effort. Mm. I overthought, overexcessed. I mean, I, every message I've ever preached, I've spent upwards of 40 to 60 hours <coughs> in preparation. <laughs> yeah. um, every single one systematically. Yep. Staying up late, putting in the work, trying to make it work. And it just like, 
every time it's been like a forced ordeal. Mm. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's just interesting uh, that we come from so many diverse backgrounds and God calls us into so such different motives of modes of uh, ministry yeah. when it comes to just how we're called, how we're led, how we're, how we're put into. Because uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like your your ministry start. I don't think that day when you started drumming <laughs> in the in the worship service, you ever thought about or considered the fact that years from now you would be actually a never, pastor leading never, this church. Never. And so uh, it doesn't work out the way that we always think it is. And yeah. I think we try to get in God's way and trying to do that and trying to decide for ourselves. And maybe that's part of the message, uh, listener, you can take away from today. Yep is God is speaking to you. God is working in the life of every person in this church. Every person that's listening to this podcast, whether you're a part of Miami Valley, whether you're a partner of another church. And oftentimes it doesn't work out the way you automatically think it's also always going to. Things aren't always sunshines and daisy fields and things, sometimes things aren't easy. But I think the most important thing to take away from Jed's story and something that I hope I take away from my story, and you might be able to take away from my story, is that when God gives you an opportunity, it's your responsibility to take it. Uh, and even though the times that I've, I've been preaching, uh, uh, the times that I've been appointed to these types of situations, uh, were difficult and hard for me, uh, they've definitely helped, they've definitely been like a bedrock moment, crossroads moment for me in growth. And so uh, I don't regret being up there. Uh, I don't regret doing the things and saying the things that I did because um, I do believe I tried my best. I, I feel like that's what we should have. We should have the confidence that we did our best, not the confidence that we did what we thought we should have done yep. um, at the end of the day. So trust God in that. Yes. And uh, thank you, Pastor, for, for coming yep. out for this first part of the yes. podcast.